0: Hello this is Sharon Lipinski and welcome to another interview on givingcircleshelp.com where we're compiling information and interviews from people around the country who are running their own giving circles and our purpose is to learn from each other and continuously improve our ability to make an impact with our giving. And today I'm speaking with Galen from the Pass the Hat organization and I reached out to Galen and I'm not sure that he even thought of what he was doing as a giving circle but in my mind it it fits all of the necessary Requirements. It's people giving a little bit of money and pooling their donations so that together they can make a bigger donation and a better donation than they can do alone. So Galen, since since what you're doing is a little unique, could you start about start with giving us an overview of, of what you what Pass the Hat is doing?
1: Uh, yeah, you bet. So um, essentially, what we do with Pass the Hat is we well the you know. Um, Sorry, I guess the way that we use the funds is sort of like the overview side of it, and that is that we provide financial relief to families that are victims of tragic events uh, locally here in Whatcom County. And so that would involve like a you know car accident or a house fire or a suicide or you know something like a really major tragic event for families. And we step in to provide financial relief, so we would pay for things like funeral expenses or counseling or, you know, Uh, expenses that are caused by this event uh, for families that kind of slip through the cracks that don't have insurance or for whatever reason they don't qualify for, you know, different programs, crime victim compensation, for example, that type of thing. And so the model for Pass the Hat, the way it works is uh, that people give, if someone is interested in contributing uh, and being part of Pass the Hat, they would go to our website and they would sign up one time to give two bucks a month and that's all that they can give. So you can't give five bucks a month or ten bucks a month, and we don't take donations. So if someone wanted to write us a check for two thousand dollars, we wouldn't take it. Uh, the only way to contribute is to give two bucks a month every month. So people sign up one time on a recurring sort of uh, you know uh, contribution every month and uh, and that's it, and then we take the the money that we have pooled, and we uh, distribute it to families that are in need.
0: So um, you mentioned that you cannot give a donation to your organization. You can only give $2 a month. And I'm curious why you felt it was necessary to make that rule. What's important about that?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. So, um, and it is uh, unique and sort of a big part of, of who we are. Um, and the reason for that is that our, you know, our mission here is kind of twofold. And one is that we, you know, we help families that need it. Uh, you know, and with financial relief. And the second thing that we want to do is inspire people um, to become philanthropists and get involved and contribute, um, even if they don't have a lot to give. And so, you know, part of the reason of creating that limit of the amount that we can give is that I think that uh, as a majority, people are interested in giving, right? We're all philanthropists. Philanthropists, by you know, just by nature, and that we hear about something happening, we want to help you know, people in our community, our neighbors, uh, you know, just families, whether we know them or not, we have this natural want to be involved and help. But I think that a lot of people don't feel like they either know how to give, right, or they feel like they have enough to give to uh, make any kind of an impact. And so, by limiting the amount that any one person can give, it sort of uh, also eliminates the feeling that I think a lot of people have of deferring philanthropy to rich people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, to right? so people that like, have the funds and the means to go to a you know, $100 a seat option and you know, pay $1,000 for a painting kind of thing. You know, that I think a lot of us in the general public um, have this feeling that rich people do that and that covers my share. And so with this, you know, nobody else can contribute your two bucks for you. Mm-hmm. Right? you either give two bucks just like anybody else, uh, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And so there's I think there's a lot of power in that feeling that, you know, if I contribute to this I'm not you know, I'm not giving more or less than anybody else and, and nobody can cover my share. You know, mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to get involved. And I, I think there's a lot of power in that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. that you're contributing evenly with everybody else to this amazing thing.
0: I I love that because that's my philosophy exactly and I set up my giving circle so that it was $25 a month and same rule no outside donations it's $25 a month and that's just what it is because I tell people it's not how much you donate it's how you donate and philanthropy is for everybody right it's just a mindset on how you give so I loved I love to hear that from somebody else out there that's great awesome So you have this pool of money that's coming in. You've got $2 a month coming in, and you're looking for people in your community who have experienced a tragedy that has resulted in some very unexpected and sometimes large financial costs, right? Yeah. How are you finding these families?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because that's a big part of how we operate. And uh, the way that we find them is actually uh, people don't apply to us. We've connected with other agencies locally that um, are the kind of agencies that would deal with and hear about and know about these families. So we've connected with the Red Cross. and um, We have an organization up here called the Support Officers who um, they support, you know, the police officers and, and firefighters and stuff to where, you know, if an event happens uh, that's very, you know, that involves somebody passing away or someone who's going to pass away, um, they get dispatched by 911 where the police officers request them on the scene. and uh, So those, these other organizations, um, like the Red Cross and support officers, they are very familiar with us. In fact, we have people from those organizations on our committee that distributes the funds. So we're very tied in with these other organizations. Uh, if something happens and a family is in need, they're the, actually, they're the ones who send us, um, basically we have an intake form. Uh, they fill out the intake form with all the information that we need and uh, send it to us and then we meet once a month, and we look over all the cases that we have from these different partner agencies, and then we make a choice about how much, you know, how much money gets distributed to which cases based on, uh, you know, where there's the most need and what's most in line with, you know, our mission and and our vision. So that's kind of how it works, which is great. Oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna follow up with a question, but you can continue.
1: Oh, I just, that process eliminates um, the need on our end to have a lot of resources to, you know, vet out certain cases and make sure that they're legitimate and, um, you know, and also to sort of like have people contacting us directly all the time and having to vet out those cases. Because they're coming from these partner agencies, we know that the cases are legitimate, that they've already been vetted out, so it saves us a lot of resource and a lot of time.
0: Um, yeah it's brilliant because you know as you know in my experience people running giving circles were busy people and so when you can leverage the resources that are already out there people already know who's in need and you let them help you in a way that's better for everybody so it's a great idea now you have a smaller group of people Um, not not everybody who belongs to pass the hat gets to have a say in where the money goes Right.
1: Uh, that's correct, yes. As a contributor, uh, um, you just contribute your $2 every month. And we have uh, what is called, we have our Appropriations Committee. And that is the committee, that's the group of people that meets um, to decide how the funds are distributed to these different families and, and different cases that we get. Um, so, and the, you know, the people on that committee are made up of, you know, we have uh, the chief of police and somebody from the Red Cross and somebody from the United Way uh, somebody from the school district, um, one of the pastors from uh, one of the, you know, larger churches in our community. So we have, you know, people from the nonprofit community, from the police department, uh, you know, from other nonprofits, from the school community, from the church communities. We have these people from this cross of different places, uh, and they're all, you know, well-respected leaders in the community. So, you know, there's a certain amount of trust in that, you know you know, it's not just a couple of guys deciding where the money goes you know, it's people that are very involved, right, the chief of police and somebody from the Red Cross and, you know, these people that, you know, uh, adds a lot of credibility to people, you know, feeling like the money is being handled responsibly, uh, you know, and, and given to the right places, so.
0: And how did you get those people involved?
1: Well, uh, I'm, I've been very active in the business community and nonprofit community before I started Past the Hat, so a lot of the people that I have on board I already knew ahead of time, and I just called them up to be like, hey, I'm starting this project. Do you want to be part of it? And so uh, I had you know, resounding yeses from all of these people. I just sat down and made a list of, you know, if I could have anybody on board, who would I want, and made a list of people. I contacted them. They all said yes, and it was easy. <laughs>
0: there you go. Uh, now, I'm curious if you can share a little bit about what that meeting is like, where you're deciding where you're going to donate.
1: Sure, uh essentially, we just go over the the cases that we have uh, from the other agencies uh, you know we talk about them we you know we discuss sort of what happened in each situation and and what the need is for each family and then uh, based on the amount of money that we have to give away uh, any month, we just uh, just you know people basically you know we have like a sort of vote we have a process that you know involves discussion and people voting. Uh, and just making a decision. So,
0: so after you discuss, <clears throat> is it just a simple majority vote, yes or no?
1: Um, sometimes it's uh, actually the way it's worked out. It's been a lot of times after the discussion, and you know because we spend a lot of time, we've spent a lot of time before we even opened and had money to give away, talking about you know our vision and how we want to operate. In which cases sort of take a certain priority for us. And so a lot of the times after discussion, um, you know, most of the decisions end up being fairly unanimous uh, with people. But, you know, of course, there's diversity because we always have different types of cases and you never know what's going to happen. But um, essentially, yeah, you know, we come down to a majority vote if it wasn't, you know, super clear or people were split. So, um, yeah.
0: And do you take them one by one until you run out of money or do you kind of have a priority going into the meeting?
1: Uh, no, we just, we know we have a certain amount of money and then we have a certain amount of cases. We talk about them and then, uh, just make those decisions. So, you know, it, it it's a very fluid process. And, and part of the reason that it's set up like that is that, you know, I trust the people, you know, the opinions and, and, and professionalism and experience of the people that are on that committee to make the best decision. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's fairly open, you know, and, you know, our, what we try to do is provide a large impact. To each family that we help, so you know we wouldn't we wouldn't try to give you know ten different families a hundred bucks kind of thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not you know we want to try to as much as possible with each case or with each family you know make them as whole as possible, but it you know it's fluid, so we never no there's never there's no set kind of you know we give X amount of dough per family or any of that. We just make the best decision that we can based on the need and our criteria and and what people feel like you know we can do and Mm -hmm. I you know I'd love to have I'd love to go into those meetings every month with 20,000 bucks at our disposal so we don't have to pick and choose we can just be like well here these (laughs) things are legitimate let's write some checks so you know ultimately that's where we're trying to get to
0: yeah well and one thing that I'd like to talk about is is how many contributors you have because it is quite impressive you uh, according to your website 1093 contributors is that correct yep just
1: under 1100
0: right now so that's you know in giving circle standards actually quite massive most organizations that I've spoken with have anywhere from just a handful of members um, and 500 is the maximum so at 1100 members um, you have a lot of people contributing, and I was just wondering if you could share with us a little bit about how you got so many people involved.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just part of our sort of campaigning and spreading the word and getting people to you know, take our newsletters and send it to other people and share on Facebook and you know, just between social media and people connecting with their friends and family, and we're just encouraging more and more people to spread the word about Pass the Hat and to get other people signed up and on board and... And contributing, so you know, just you know, there's two sides of, of course, running this organization. One is, you know, dealing with the families, writing the checks, and making that happen. The other one is, uh, is you know, press and PR, and getting the word out, and connecting with organizations, and going into businesses, and uh, you know, talking with them, and educating people, and spreading the word, and you know, doing what we can to increase that amount of people. Yeah, so it's a you know, it's an effort on a lot of different friends to get more people signed up.
0: Right, and, and, and you're making it sound easy, but ha- from, from my experience of growing my own giving circle, I know that, uh, it, it can be really challenging to, to get people to spread the word and to, and to get people willing to actually commit dollars. Um, so sure. I, I, was wondering if you could share any of, like, anything that you found that works. Is there a specific language, a specific way that you ask? What, sure. maybe your, your, um, Doing to to get the word out.
1: Hmm. I think uh, you know, and that taps into sort of the marketing side of things, which is kind of my background professionally, anyways. But that it's to sort of simplify and have a clear message, um, right? People are a lot less willing to give twenty bucks a month or ten bucks a month to you know a uh, place that say, yeah, we pool this money and then we like give it away, right? To a family in need, but you know what does that mean? And so mm-hmm. the more specific that you have, right, if you're helping people in the winter get coats that are homeless, right? So, like, if you have a very specific – the more specific your cause and the niche and, like, the more clearly you can say this is where this money is going to, the more willing people who, you know, feel connected to that cause, you know, are willing to sort of buy into that. And so the more vague and broad of, like, you know, we help everybody, people are like, well, what does that mean? Like, what actual impact do I have? Mm-hmm. And so even just to be able to say, you know, for every – every 20 bucks that you contribute, right? Every person that contributes means like one really warm, nice coat for a homeless person, you know, this winter to, you know, whatever that, you know, people connect to that because there's this very specific kind of connection. So I think that's very helpful in that, you know, you can't help everybody. So who are, you know, what is the money going towards, you know, who do they help and people to be able to understand that very specifically. Uh, I think that's a big piece of it. Um, So, yeah. And,
0: so what is your simple and specific message for Pass the Hat?
1: Uh, I would say that, you know, we help, so it's hyper-local, we help families that are just right here in Whatcom County that are victims of tragic events, you know, uh, like accidents and house fires and that type of thing, and uh, the money goes to, you know, pay for funerals, counseling, uh, those types of things, you know, created by those tragic events, uh, and that's... Y- you know every single person in the universe can contribute because it's two bucks a month and you mm-hmm. can't give a dime more than that uh and you know it's once a month you just sign up one time and forget about it and you know the people that distribute the money are you know some of the most respected community leaders that we have in whatcom county uh you know and people recognize the names of the people that we have on board and if they don't recognize their names they know you know their titles, which is mm. chief of police, or you know this person from the Red Cross, or you know or that kind of thing. So there's a lot of credibility involved with you know the organizations that we have on board, you know how we find these cases, and then the, you know where the money goes. Uh, so yeah, it's you know within 30 seconds, it's pretty easy to sort of get across what mm-hmm. we do, how we do it, how people can get involved.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also noticed that you have a business partners, uh, section of your website where, and, and I was wondering, you know, I, I kind of looked at it and I put my own ideas together about what it is, but maybe you can describe it for us.
1: Sure. Uh, so, um, one of the uh, ways that we thought we would be able to, you know, have more involvement with the community is to connect with local businesses uh, and and have them have the opportunity to. Uh, create basically an employee matching program. So, uh, you know, for example, if there's a bookstore in town that's interested in in, uh, doing an employee match situation and they have 10 employees that are interested in contributing, which would equal $20, then that bookstore can also contribute $20 a month uh, along with their 10 employees to sort of match as a business. So, yeah, which gives us an opportunity to, you know, just get more local businesses involved, reach more people, get more people signed up. And, um, you know, and and businesses cannot contribute unless they have the employees that are also matching. So, you know, business can't just come to us and say, hey, we want to give you 50 bucks a month. Uh, They need 25 people signed up to be able to give us that uh, contribution. So, you know, it's still based on how many people they have um, that they're matching.
0: So. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I love that you're doing is you're proving that you can set your rules and stick by them. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is how we work and we would love you to work with us, but this is how we work. And you don't mm-hmm. feeling it necessary to accommodate everybody's individual um wish about how you should function.
1: Right. And uh you know that you know a lot of people or you know some people at least you know, have, will not contribute, right? Because they want to write us one check per year, for example, for $24, and we won't take that, right? The only way to contribute is to sign up with your credit card or debit card through our website for two bucks a month, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we realize that because of that, there's a certain either demographic or just amount of people that we will not get to contribute because that's the only way that they can contribute. Um, And yeah, we're okay with that, Mm -hmm. right? Some people that feel you know unsafe about putting their credit card online, for example, and uh you know that's it's okay uh you know because we have in our community we have 140,000 hundred you know forty thousand people that live in Whatcom county uh, and you know we don't need to get every single person signed up uh you know and it it there's a lot of benefits to us operating like that um, because we don't have to go to the mailbox and collect checks or cash and take that stuff to the bank or uh, any of that, it it really lowers the amount of resources it takes for us to run the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? We know that if people are signed up through the merchant services stuff, all of the money on the first of the month gets transferred into our bank account. We don't have to do any maintenance. That, you know, It doesn't require any work from us. Mm-hmm. So it helps to keep our expenses uh, incredibly low and our resources incredibly low so we can just focus on helping families and doing what we do instead of running around and having to spend all of our time on admin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't help families. So.
0: And another benefit that I'll add to that is y- you don't have to, go, you know, be following up people, hey, it's time to renew. You've only donated, you know, for this year, and it's about to expire. Right. You know, it's like you're a member or you're not. You're contributing your $2 or you're not. Mm-hmm. And with such a small amount, I think it and maybe you can tell me if you have any uh, statistics on this, but I would imagine that members are likely to stick around because at $2 a month it's hardly anything and that they don't mind. It just, just goes through on their checking account. They don't even think about it.
1: Of course. Uh, and you know, to get every month or a couple months to get a newsletter in their inbox that says, hey, here's what you did with your 2 bucks over the last you know, month or two months. You, know, you helped this family and this family and this family. That feels pretty good. So
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hard,
1: hard to have people find a reason to want to cancel, right?
0: Right, right. <laughs> when the amount
1: is so low and the impact that they're making is so great uh, and they're able to see it, you know.
0: And, and, and like you said, specific, you know. I mean, here are the specific people that you've helped with your $2. It makes it very real and very powerful, I would imagine. Right. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Right. And, that, you know, whether it's a case that they read about in the news, like right, something tragic happening to a family and then to hear like, you know, we helped out. We family, did
0: something. Right mm-hmm.
1: Is mm-hmm. really uh it's really powerful.
0: Yeah. Now you're you are not a five oh one C three. You're what what I saw on your website is a five oh one C four, which is not something that I had heard about before. Can you talk a little bit about what that means, what that does for yeah, you?
1: Definitely. Um and they're actually I think in Washington State, anyways, I think there's 26 different designations of nonprofits. Um, you can be a 501c19 uh, if you want. But, uh, you know, 501c4 is a, uh, um, man, man, put me on the spot now. I can't remember tech- <laughs> talking about it. Well, um, it's, technical is
0: not necessary. Just a broad strokes uh, is good
1: yeah so the reason that we didn't that fits most with what we do, which is basically like a, commu- a charitable community fund, uh, which is essentially what we are and the the advantages to becoming a five oh one c three are that uh people that contribute to us have the ability to write off their contribution right they can it's tax deductible mm-hmm. so um, for us, being a 501 gives us tax account status, right? So we don't have to pay income tax on the money coming in because it's designated for charitable cause. Um, uh, and becoming a 501 there's a lot of regulation that goes along with that, uh, a lot of upkeep, paperwork, and just a lot of, you know, the board has to be a certain size. And, uh, you know, there's just there's a lot of regulation and upkeep that comes with that. And the only benefit for the people contributing. And for us is to be able to tell people, like, hey, you can write off this donation. And I think that uh, people do not care about writing off $24 a year. And and the majority of people that we're getting, right, that we're getting to be involved with Pass the Hat are not the type of people that itemize tax returns anyways, right? Mm -hmm. They're 1040 easy people that are, you know, that aren't necessarily already involved and have, you know, that kind of, you know, we're not looking for elite $20,000, you know, $50,000 a year sort of donators that care about this sort of tax contribution thing. So to us, the resources that it takes to stay, you know, to maintain and even get a 501c3 status just doesn't have any benefit to us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help us, you know, it doesn't assist us in helping people more. It's not a barrier for people to sign up at two bucks a month because they can write it off or not. So there's just not a lot of value in that for us. So.
0: But as the 501c4, you're not paying income taxes on the contributions that you're getting. Are there other filing requirements, anything like that, that you have to worry about?
1: Oh, I don't know. That's accountant.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: (laughs) You know, there are things that we have to do. I mean, we still have to, like, file and go through a a process to, like, create that. It's not like, you know, we just started it up. Uh, But the requirements are much less. Mm -hmm. Uh, And without, you know, looking into it. Um, I can't tell you off the top of the head what all the sort of details are. Uh, but, you know, I'm the big picture marketing guy. I'm not the accountant guy.
0: So. <laughs> but it's good to know that there are other options because I wasn't aware of them. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Well, Galen, we are approaching the end of our time here, so I wanted to check in with you. Was there anything about past the Hat that we haven't talked about uh, that you want to share now? Maybe something that um, you're makes you especially unique or something you're especially proud of
1: um yeah that's a great question and i would say uh that you know the things that the sort of basis around our business model and how we work makes us really unique and pretty special and and interesting uh you know i think that one of the you know one thing that we didn't talk about is sort of how pasta hat came to be and uh And if, you know, I don't mind sharing that. I have a personal story Mm -hmm. uh, where um, about 13, 14 years ago, when I was 18, my brother was 20, and we were in a car accident together. And my brother was killed in that car accident. And the driver that caused it fled the scene. Mm. And my brother did not have underinsured motorist insurance. And so um, because of the level of crime that had happened... And uh, just for different, you know, insurance reasons and technical reasons, my family was stuck. We ended up being stuck with all of the expenses. So my brother's funeral expenses, um, my ambulance ride, the hospital and Mm -hmm. hospital bills and counseling and everything else that comes with that sort of event and that tragedy of losing a family member. And so, you know, this is something that I have been sort of uh, been pulled to do, you know, ever since that is to, you know, make something good out of this. And, uh, you know, to help other people and find families that go through similar experiences that just get kind of left in the dust for one reason or another, and stuck with these expenses. And so, you know, that where where Pasta Hat came from, that story I think is an important part of who we are as an organization and sort of why we exist. Um, and so, you know, I think that's an important and also unique piece of of Pass the Hat, and you know, helps define why we help the families that we help, right? What for because of, you know, their, my own personal connection with that type of situation. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think that's an important piece of us, uh, And, you know, my, my hope one day is to, uh, you know, be able to duplicate this, uh, you know, this model and open pass the hats, you know, other communities um, as well. So we're so new. We've only been around for six months but in six months, we have 1,100 people, and we've helped, you know, 15 different families, uh, and it's amazing. So that's, uh, yeah, we'll sort of see what happens. But I, I would love to live in a place where, you know, every single person, as just a part of any community, feels like it is their responsibility to get involved mm-hmm. um, and give back and be involved in philanthropy, and um, you know, not just not just for the sake of the people that they're helping, but also for themselves, mm-hmm. um, as You know it's it is the most wonderful and unbelievable feeling in the world to be you know in service to other people Mm -hmm. and to be able to step in you know and help people that otherwise you know either can't help themselves or they wouldn't or you know there's nothing available for them and and the feeling of just as one human being helping another human being uh you know in a a time of need and uh, it's just it's the most incredible feeling in the world
0: that's beautiful, and I love that you're proving that it's not about what happens, but it's about the meaning that you make and the purpose that you're living for yeah. that that's come out of this this tragedy in your life and it's it's a gift for your community now mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you thank so you. much for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure.
1: it has thank you so much.